Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. For further information about Northridge Church, visit us online at northridgethompson.com. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I should say. I was uh, talking with some folks in the office the other day and reflection of kind of the message that we had uh, been talking about. David spoke on it, said something about it. I said something on it as well. When Jesus was in Caesarea Philippi and he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And, of course, you, you know that he responded by several different uh, in, instances that he was uh, Isaiah, he was a prophet, he was Elisha, maybe John the Baptist, and so forth and so on. And, of course, Peter spoke up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Upon this rock, and he was speaking, of course, of that declaration, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And as we were talking Monday, I believe it was in the office, a couple of the ladies in the office talking, I began to talk about speaking on this uh, series of being victorious and living a victorious life. And I, and I posed the question, if I were to ask each of you what you think other people say about you or think about you, I would submit to you that most of us would immediately default to some negative thought, some negative comment. In other words, when we think how other people see us in our life, we immediately probably resort to some place maybe where we were in the past or, or, or something about our appearance or something. We're, we're not most confident when it comes to who we are, but I think that also extends over into our spiritual life. And maybe I were to go in a, a, a step further and say, well, what do you think about yourself? Who do you think you are? And I've made this statement, and I've got to recant this because I've made this publicly in church services that we, you, and I are the sum total of our acts, our thoughts, our relationships, our words. The Bible says there's life and death and what? The power of the tongue, the things we've done, the things we didn't do, things we wish we'd have done, all that. We are today living the sum total of everything that we've done thus far. Would you agree to that? However, the problem with that is it doesn't line up with theology. Because if we're going to read here in just a moment, it's not about who you think you are. It's not about who you think your friends say that you are. It's about who God says you are. You see, you can do things in Christ that you can't do in and of yourself. Amen? There's things that you, listen, watch this. Again, as I was talking about these deacons, even myself, my own testimony. If I look at where I came from, it would be hard for me to stand in front of you today as a pastor and say, you know, I'm qualified to stand before you. But see, if we read scripture, we understand. I'm going to read one verse to you today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, as we approach this verse, the apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth, his second letter is a little bit more uh, of, of an urgency in this letter and he's writing to them in verses 1 through 16 he's speaking about the resurrection he's speaking about the certainty of the resurrection and it goes on into our life if any man be in Christ he says what he's a new creature but watch what he goes on to say therefore if any man be in Christ he's a new creature the old things are passed away behold all things are become new I want you to notice that last wording there and we'll get to that in just a moment who does Jesus say that I am? Because I want you to submit to you this morning that if you live a life thinking that you are the sum total of what you've done, where you've been, what you we're all a miserable failure. Will you agree with me with that? 
But if I stand here today, washed in the precious blood of the Lamb of God, redeemed by the blood of the cross, standing before him, watch this, I stand before him, the righteousness of God in Christ. The Bible says, for he who knew no sin became mine in your sin, that you and I may be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus today, I pray that you would help me to rightly divide your word of truth. Help us today, Father, to not walk in who this world says that we are, to not walk in the sum total of who who we are from our thoughts, words, actions, relationships, and to most definitely not walk in the person of who the world says that we are, but to walk and to be victorious in the person that you, Jesus, say that I am. And it's in your mighty name that we pray and everybody says Amen and amen. I'm going to give you four things that this verse really opens up for us. Who does Jesus say I am? Number one, I want you to write this down. Victory begins and continues with Jesus. He says, if any man be in Christ. I want you to understand that word any man is a full encompassing word that means that any person, whosoever will, let him come. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It don't matter of your failures. What matters is, therefore, if any man be in Christ, it speaks of a new beginning. And aren't you glad of that this morning? It speaks of a newness of life, that if any man be in Christ, I want to say this loud and clear. You're not new today because you're a member or an attender of Northridge Church. You're not new today because you got water baptized. You're not new today because you went to Rush Weekend. You're not new today because you sing in the band or you sing in the choir or you're a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or a pastor or a community group leader. You are new in Christ today because of what he's done and what you had accepted by faith through his marvelous grace. You see, the Bible says in Colossians 1 and verse 16, by him were all things created, whether in heaven and in earth, visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Let me just say it this way. All things were created by him, and watch this, and for him. And then the next verse in 17 is say, and by him all things consist. He's the originator, Joe. He's the sustainer of all things. Nothing in this world has happened that God has not known about and allowed to happen by his own sovereignty. Romans eight twenty eight says it this way. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord. How many of you love the Lord? Just wave your hand at me like you just don't care. For those who love the Lord are called according to his purpose. Why? Because it ain't about mine and your purpose. It ain't about our platform. It ain't about our agendas. It's about him. And if we think that we're right, with God by any other means than if any man be in Christ, and we are missing it completely, guys, because it's not about you, it's not about me, it's not about church membership. Is it, it is about if any man be in Christ. John 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus speaking. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he goes on to tell him, I went, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be also. One of the disciples says, how do we know the way? How can we get to where you are? And Jesus sums it up in verse 6 of chapter 14 of John's gospel. He said, here's how you get there. I'm the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. And no man, no woman, no boy or girl comes to the Father except through me. He is defining The idea of victory is found only in Christ Jesus by being a new creature in him. You know, you can go through the verses throughout Scripture. John 10 and 9 says, I'm the door. Anyone who comes in through me, he shall be saved. He shall go in and he shall go out and he shall find pasture. 
We also see Jesus saying in Romans, we see the Apostle Paul saying, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not about all these things. Hear me, church. This is profound when you can get your head around it because it takes the pressure off of any inclination of performance gospel. Because when we think we have arrived, and I say this respectfully, but hear me today. I think this needs to be said out loud. When we think that we have arrived as a child of the Most High God, we're going to church, Robbie, we're tithing, we're serving, we're, we're volunteering for Fall Festival. God help us, we're volunteering for the, for the children's ministry. You know there's crowns in heaven for that one. And you got all these things going on. Can I say something to you? All those things are, are the basis of your faith in Christ James says, you look at my faith, I'll show you works by my faith. There's no question. Those are incredibly important. But hear me, hear me loud and clear. Those things don't make you right with a holy God. You're right with God because if any man be in Christ. Secondly, real quickly, victory is found in your newness. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad of the newness that you have today offered from Christ Jesus? Look at the next part. He is a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, some scriptures say. Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. He was crying out to God on behalf of an apostate Judah, part of the kingdom of Israel. And he was crying out on the behalf of the people who were turning to idol worship. And, and, and he was called by God as a young man. And he was, he, God told him, you're going to go into this kingdom and you're going to shout and you're going to preach. And watch this. How would you like a church uh, launch like this? No one will join. No one will convert. No one will repent, Jeremiah. You're going to do all this. Watch this. This blows me away when I read this. Jeremiah, you're going to do all this, and you're going to, quote, unquote, you're going to see no outward fruit in the context of church growth. You're only going to see it by being found faithful to me in the call that I put on your life. And he sent him down to the potter's house to help him to understand and illustrate this point. He sent him down there, and he said, look at the work that that potter is making on the wheel. And then you just pick up the little narrative where the potter took the clay and threw it down on the wheel. And he began to fashion this work. Maybe as Jeremiah's watching this, maybe he's seeing this as Israel. Maybe it is. But maybe, maybe, maybe he's seeing it as himself. Watch what happens. The Bible says that as he was making this work, he stopped. The potter stopped in his wisdom of making pottery. He noticed that there that the the clay had been marred. There was imperfections. There was dirt in it, if you will. Maybe there was an air bubble. Maybe there was too much water. I don't know. It was marred. It had imperfections. And the Bible says that Jeremiah saw the potter take that clay and destroy it from the vessel that it was becoming. And listen, don't miss this, and make it again another vessel. He made a new creation, didn't he? And, and guess what? If you've ever uh, spun pottery and clay and make pottery, you understand you keep doing that until you get it right. And, and then don't miss this. Then if you think you're done, you're not. It still can't hold water. You have to put it in the fire and let it be heated up before it can be burned and tried by fire. You see, you are a work in progress. I don't stand before you today having arrived these deacons that stand before you, Pastor David, other Kyle, other pastors in this room, don't stand before you having figured it all out. No, no, no. I am in Christ Jesus. And watch this. I am a new creation by that measure alone. The only thing that makes me right with God is because I've walked into a newness by being in Jesus Christ. 
And victory is found in that. Consider, how many of you have a new car right now? Hey, y'all need to start giving more. That's awesome. How many of you like the smell of a new car? How many of you noticed that when you just wash your old car, it tends to drive a little better? Have you ever noticed that? Well, that much the more when you get in a new car. I haven't been in a new car in a while. But get in a new car, it, you don't have to worry about it breaking down on you, do you? You don't have to worry about the tires falling off. Some of y'all are like going, you just don't even know my car. But see, when you get in a new car, it's a new smell. How many of you, be honest, come on now, don't judge anybody, but just be honest. How many of you have ever went and bought the new car air freshener? And you know you're driving a 1974 Pinto. That don't make it new. Somebody, what do you think? You're going to fool somebody that will get in your car and go, is this a new car? <laughs> no, it's not. Riding down the road, whoa, you know. How many of you have ever had a new chance, a new opportunity? I have. I remember my mom wanted me to go to college. Didn't want to go to college. Went to Gordon College. I went to basic training when I was 17 years old. Went through all that I went through with that. Came home for a time and went to Gordon College. I had one major in mind, did pretty good at it. I majored in pool, shooting pool. Probably the most embarrassing thing that could have ever happened to a new student in college is I took three, no, four classes. One of them was calculus, clearly of the devil. And, and I walked away having not finished any of them and got four, college students hear me, four withdrawal fails. I know. They count in your cumulative GPA as if I even knew what that meant, as zeros, as Fs. I don't even think, if you get a 4.0, what is that, like a negative 2.0? I don't even know what that is. But some years later, I wanted to go now for me. I didn't want to go because mom and dad wanted me to. I realized that I'd go apply for jobs and they'd say, well, let's see your diploma. And i go, don't have one. Let's, let's do this. What are your qualifications? I'm a hard worker, man. I, I, if you hire me, you ever been through that? If you hire me, man, I'll show you something. Well, they go, yeah, I want to see something. I want to see your college diploma. You know, I didn't have one. So I went back to school. Well, I applied for, to Gordon College. They laughed. <laughs> Four withdrawal fails. Man, you're, yeah, you're the kind of guy we want. So I had to go over to the dean of students and sit in front of the dean and explain to this person why I was a jack wagon back there, but I had turned over a new leaf. And I was ready now to go to school. Do you know, watch this. This, is, this blows me away even to this day. Because I didn't finish up until the point of the first semester with pass, drop, ad, but I didn't finish... You know what she did? She looked me in the face. I'll never forget it as long as I live. She looked at me. She said, Mark, it is your lucky day. She said, we're giving you a clean slate. You get to start over. Do you know I finished going to college with a two-degree with a 4.0 average? Now, I say that. I mean, I, y'all could clap right there. I was pretty proud of that, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> what was your GPA? But anyway, I, but you know what was cool about that? It wasn't the fact that I just made a 4.0. It was the fact that I got a new beginning. It, what I had done in the past had been thrown out the window by a person who had the ability to clean my slate. Do you know that's what it means to be in Christ and be a new creation? It means that my slate has been clean. God doesn't look down at me at the failure that I've been, the failure that I am, and the failure that I am going to be in the future. He looks down at me as a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's a good deal. I don't care who you are. 
Victory is found in our newness. Thirdly, real quickly, victory is putting away the past. We'll say that again. Victory is putting away the past. Somebody needs to hear that today. You need to let it go. You need to let the past go. Remember the old song? I don't remember the song. Maybe somebody could sing this for me. What was it? Uh, it's been cast in the sea of what? Forgetfulness? And he remembers it no more. And, and the song, I'm not going to sing it because I'm, I'm a terrible singer, plus I don't remember the words. But basically you go to Jesus, God, for, forgive me of this. And he says, I don't know what sin that you're talking about. Anybody ever heard the song? Nobody, praise the Lord. I don't know either. Maybe I made it up. What sin are you talking about? Is that it? What sin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What sin? And everyone left. I think it's time to take out the trash in your own life. Why is it easier for me to clean up your life? Robbie, why is it easier for me to look at people and survey their life and say, here's what you need to do? I was talking to a, to a brother last night on the phone. And he said, you know, there's some things I'm going through, but you know, if this were somebody else, I could give advice to that. I mean, we, we can look at other people's lives and say, hey, here's what you need to do, man. All you got to do is step out of that. Why is it different when it's happening to me? Paul said it this way. Let each man examine himself. Quit trying to clean up everybody else's life and play in faith police and clean up your own life and take out the trash. Let, let me say it to you this way. Colossians, I love this. Colossians 3, 9 and 10. You don't have to turn there. But now you also put off these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth, lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off, hear me, the old man and the old deeds, in verse 10, and have put on the new man, which is renewed by knowledge after the image of him that created you, speaking of God through Christ. And then check this out. Being a new creation in Christ is only, only, only accomplished when you can crucify the old man and put on the new. I think I got some items back there. Y'all bring me those items back there. There's a bag somewhere. Here it is right here. Never mind. He hung it on the mic stand. We're in trouble. I, uh, I think sometime we have a tough time getting a visual of what life looks like, putting off the old man. So I want to help you today. You know, we get dressed up for everything. Have you noticed that? We get dressed up for everything. We're in a season right now where people are, are getting dressed up for all kinds of crazy stuff. But you know what? When I go hunting, how many hunters are in the house? Man, I get amens, more amens, rednecks when I say hunting. Yeah, woo! Yeah, Leonard Skinner. Anyway, I, you know, I put on something when I go hunting. I take the time to put on something when I go hunting. I've had two people very dear to my heart in the last two weeks consecutively that have called me a redneck preacher. I'm not a redneck. A few weeks ago, my youth pastor said I was a redneck because I picked up a snake. I'd rather have the snake in my hand than him biting me on the leg. Amen. Secondly, I'm not a redneck because I process my own deer. I just don't want to pay somebody else to do it. I want to do it. Amen. All right, check it out. When I dress up to go hunting, I dress the part. And I look like a hunter. I look good, too. I cut my face up. It's awesome. Maybe I'm a little redneck. Lord, I love this. When my team comes on, I dress the part. <laughs> Hunters and Georgia fans. I want to dress the part. Just so, I don't know why I do this. If I sit and watch the game in my house, I dress the part. That's a little weird. But if you go to a Georgia game, you're going to wear Georgia clothes. If you're 
fan of some other team that's out there that I'm not aware of, maybe you'll address that part too. When I go see my Atlanta Braves, and listen, I've been a fan since they were at Turner Field sitting at the picnic tables when there were 27 people in the audience. I'm still a fan today. I love them. But guess what? I love to wear my, my Braves shirt when I go. I dress the part, and so do you. Man, we take a group of people to the Braves game. Man, you see people in some of the most cool, incredible attire just going to the Braves game. You know why? Because we dress the part. You know what else we do? Things that we believe in our life. Things that we stand for. Things that we're passionate about. We dress the part. This stands for end it movement. It says we're going to put an end to human slavery. 27 million slaves in the world today. When I dress this part, I'm just saying, hey, I stand up and I take a stand. I want to be a voice for those who have no voice. We dress the part. You know, some of us, Joe being one of them, sent a little throwback picture the other day on Facebook. Got like 7,000 likes. And he's in straight peg leg jeans, a nice little cool red-headed mullet. It was awesome. But you know what? If I go to the disco, seriously? All right, cut it off. Cut it off. Oh, my goodness, y'all. How many of y'all grew up in the 70s? <laughs> Look, I ain't seen y'all smile that big since we started the church. How many of y'all remember wearing shirts like this? How many of y'all still wear shirts like this? Some of y'all going, can I have that? (laughs) Do you know what? If we do a dress-up day, we dress the part. And you know something else? If we're a police officer, if we're a soldier, if we're a scout, girl scout, we dress that part too, don't we? We put on a uniform proudly to say that I believe in freedom. I believe in liberty. And when I wore this uniform, I was proud to wear it. And I put on this uniform every day, and I shaved, and I had a tight, high and tight haircut, shoes shined to it. I took a lot of care. How many guys were in the military? Raise your hand. You take care to put this thing on. Man, I'd sit in front of that mirror, and I'd pull off the little, the little white little things hanging off that whatever Satan puts on those things, it's ridiculous. I'd shine my brass. I'd shine my shoes. I'd shine my shoes, spit shine them. It was awful. I took care of putting that uniform on because it stood for something. And many of you guys that have joined the church, let me tell you something. You put on this shirt. This is the shirt that I'm most excited about because it says all things have become new. You see, when we get saved, it is a brand new beginning. It's a new start, but it's stinking time that the church take off the old rags. There ain't a one of you this morning went to your dirty clothes hamper and said, let me see what I can find for, to, for church this morning. You went into your closet and you found your best shirt, your best britches, whatever you did, and you came to church looking sharp today. And might I add, you look sharp. You didn't go put on something you went hunting in last week. You didn't jump in your uniform. You didn't wear your Braves t-shirt. You didn't wear your Georgia shirt, whatever the case may be. You put on your best, but spiritually speaking, we're still wearing that dirt from last year, and it's time to put on the all things new t-shirt and say, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have been made new. It's time to start dressing the part. Luke 15 speaks of that very thing as the band comes. The prodigal son went home thinking he wasn't worthy to be the son of his father. And as he made his way home, thinking he was going to be put in the servants' quarters, the father saw him coming from from afar, intending to be looking for him. 
when he walked in, he said somebody retrieved the robe, the robe of righteousness, indicating that he was still the father's son. And he got a ring and he put it on his finger, indicating he had the authority of the father. He put sandals on his feet, indicating you've been barefooted long enough. Come into the house. We got, we got a meal ordered for you. And you see the reality, I'm afraid, is we, we live our life not putting away the past. And fourthly, victory is about daily renewal in Christ. Why? Don't miss this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, watch what he says. Don't miss this word. Behold, all things are become new. I looked that phrase up in the Greek. Here's where I think we miss it sometimes. How many of you are saved, washed in the blood? You've been born again. If I were to ask you to wave your hand at me, how many of you live in victory? Most of you couldn't lift your hand. We live in a frustrated world and a frustrated existence and a frustrated spiritual existence and spiritual life because we don't understand this verse, most especially the last part. It doesn't say, Chris, that back there in 1992 and October 29th that I have become new. Indicating that it happened there and now I got to just walk now empty based upon what I had back there and I lost and I can't hold on to it. It didn't even say that if you give your life today that you are becoming new now. And it certainly doesn't say it's something that's going to happen in the future. You see that phrase, and all things are become new. Is a, it's not a past or a present or future tense. It's an aorist Tense, A-O-R-I-S-T. In the Greek, let me tell you what that means. That means it's daily renewal. It happened back there. It's happening today. It's happening tomorrow. It's all the time. How many of you failed him yesterday? How many submit you'll probably fail him tomorrow? He's already gone before you. He's already made a way. Some of you are still wearing the rags of yesteryear. Some of you are still dressed in the part of a sinner not saved by his marvelous grace. A bankrupt soul is what your outward man looks like. You each day get up and put on that old man when the Bible says that old man was crucified with Christ. The new man is resurrected. I can walk in the newness bill of life, not because of anything that I have done or have attained. I can walk in the newness of life based solely on what he has done. Why? Because all things are made new. Everything that I've ever failed at, ever wish I'd have done, the sum total of my thoughts, actions, words, relationships are gone. Man, they're forgotten. They are cast as far as the east is from the west. And today I stand before you in the newness of life. That's what I choose to walk on. That's what I choose to put on what are you going to put on today what are you going to put off what are you going to put off today what old rags are you still wearing young person listen to me I don't care what the world says you are who does Jesus say you are mom and daddy maybe you failed at a marriage maybe you failed at raising kids maybe you failed in the workplace but who does Jesus say you are if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things, everything that's backward, they're gone. Clean slate. Behold, he says, look, gaze at this. All things are become new. What do you need to put off today? 
I believe the Holy Spirit just laid this in my heart. Take this for what you will. I believe there's a gentleman in this room that wants so desperately to walk out of the the frustration of this world. He's not happy with himself. There's a gentleman in this room. Maybe it was because of the way you were raised. Maybe nobody ever gave you anything. And now you're tough. And you know what you're saying? Nobody will hurt me again because I'll hurt you before you hurt me. Your defensive wall that you built, sir, has now become an offensive and you're hurting other people. Because you're so stinking resistant to walking in the newness of life because you can't forgive yourself. I don't know who that's for today. Maybe it's for a lot of you. Because that's who I was. Things that I'd done, I'd put it on every day. I'd go to the altar, I'd pour my life out, I'd cry out to a holy God, I'd walk out on a Sunday and I'd feel so liberated. I'd go eat some chicken and vegetables and drink some tea, come back at night, do it again. But Monday morning I'd wake up and Satan would go, I remember who you were. And I'd put that junk back on and I'd start my week out again with the same thing that I asked him to forgive me for right here. And you do it too. There's a gentleman in this room that is burning inside of you right now to walk this aisle and lay this thing down at the feet of Jesus and take off that old man and put on the new. You're a child of the Most High God, sir. I want you to hear me. It's time to let it go. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Man, woman, boy, or girl, if you know that you know that you know that if you died right now, you have heaven for a home, you're a child of the Most High God, you know it, Right now, I want you boldly, unashamedly, every head bowed and every eye closed, hold your arm up and say, yes, I'm a child of the the King. I have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you cannot raise your hand, then that means you're probably not saved because you're not sure. Every hand down. What are you waiting on? Some hands could not go up today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of newness. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. The old things that you brought in here today, they are gone. They are thrown away, man. And you are becoming new right here, right now. Would you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Pray this right now from your heart to God. Say, dear God in heaven, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. And I want to ask you, Jesus, to forgive me all my sin please be the Lord of my life and help me to live for you Mark are you kidding me is this thing reduced to a simple prayer a sinner's prayer no 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 but I'm going to tell you something my friend that's how we communicate with a holy God whosoever shall call upon his name I want you to call on him tonight today just call on him He'll never, ever turn you away. He'll never forsake you. He's never too busy. He'll answer your call today. His line is never tied up. Dear God in heaven, forgive me of my sin. Save me. Help me to live for you. Be the Lord of my life today. In Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed and asked Jesus in your heart with no one looking, no one going to embarrass you, I want you right now. Lift your hands. Say, yes, I pray. God bless you and you and you. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Proud. I want you right now on the count of three. Stand to your feet right now. If you ask Jesus in your heart, stand up. Don't hesitate. No one's looking. Yeah, God bless you. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. I want our counselors to stand down front. Listen, don't sit down. Nobody looking. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I need some women down front. 
Listen, if you ask Jesus in your heart, one step is all I'm asking you to take. And that's the one in here where we're going to celebrate with you. We're going to encourage you. You are a new creature in Christ. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have been made new today. You are a brand new creation today. I want you right now. Don't listen to Satan. He's a liar. I want you to take one foot, put it out, and let the next one follow. Come to this altar right now. They're just going to pray with you. You're not joining anything. Come now. Come now. Come now. If you ask Jesus in your heart, come now. Come on, y'all give them a big hand. Come on now. Just come now. Come now. I want you guys to pray with them real quickly. For the rest of you, listen to me. Somebody in here, maybe a lot of somebodies, you need to take off that old today. You're living a frustrated Christian life. I want you right now, right where you sit, right where you sit. I don't care what your spirit is telling you. I don't care what you play. I want you to stand up and come to this altar and give it to Jesus right now. Some of you are wanting to do it so bad. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet. If that's you and you need to put off the old man, I want you to come right now. Come right now. Just pray. That's all you're doing. Come and pray right now. Many are coming. Come right now. Some of you are sitting there. You say, Mark, I want to so bad, but I'm terrified. Don't you be afraid. You might be the one to spark revival in this community. Come right now and just find you a place to pray. And then finally, I'm going to stand right here. If God has spoken to your heart today in some kind of way and you just want to come slap me a high five and turn around, I'm going to do that. Secondly, the doors of our church are open. If you want to be a part of Northridge Church and God has impressed you to do that today, I got folks standing over here to the left and the right. Go to one of them and say, that's where I want to be. So whatever it is God's called you to do, I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to cut this off. You move as God so impressed. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. For further information about Northridge Church, visit us online at northridgethompson.com.